welcome, 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 welcome to Arab 20s podcast. And um, today I have a really remarkable young man uh, that I had the pleasure of meeting um, maybe a month ago now for my daughter's wedding. And what he just kind of took my breath away because he's young and he's driven and he's doing what he loves. And not only is he doing what he loves, he's doing it so well. And he presents himself. He's just a, he's just a light. Like he really just kind of took my breath away. I felt instantly comfortable with him. And I just thought, wow, I just kind of want to make sure that this person is always around me somehow, you know? So um, this is an introduction that I think um, everybody's going to benefit from. And uh, it's funny, my daughter kept on, I'm from England, as everybody knows, and I kept on saying Hernan, but it's Hernan. So I just want to make sure I am pronouncing your name right. So welcome, Hernan. Welcome. Hey, Cora, how's it going? Yeah, it is Hernan. And that's so funny. Honestly, thank you so much for, for that super sweet introduction. Honestly, I didn't know that that's how you felt from that whole experience. So I'm, I'm really glad that I left a really good impression. Yeah, I was so moved because you light up the room and I I think about and if I think how old are you again how old I am 29 but I'm turning 30 in a few weeks yeah I do this now where I just apply like okay what was I like at that age and I was not like you and I just think you just emit such confidence and your happiness is like really contagious you made a really beautiful special day even more special so I want you to know oh, that. Yeah. I appreciate that. No, it's okay. honestly, that's what we, I mean, I, at least for me, I feel like my uh, my love language is like words of affirmations and, and quality time. So I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, I you just took my breath away. I'm, I'm kind of at this point in my life where I, this is what this podcast is about, right? I call um, people I meet oracles and maybe I'm not using the term right, right? But I feel these are like my beacons on my path, right? And you just like, whoa, when I saw you and talked to you, I was like, this dude, like, is this really a joke? It's like, there's no way that he's that young. And so to me, like, I think you're winning at life because the life that's ahead of you is going to be phenomenal, you know, because you're already living your dream, you know? And I love the way that you um, present yourself. You're just a wonderful, wonderful soul. So I give you, I give everybody these questions before, and again, we never, we'll stick to them, but this is the beauty of this show. It's very authentic and we may go down a rabbit hole, but that's what makes it so easy to listen to. So that first question I ask everybody is, who are you and where were you born? I am, I'm just gonna be basic about it. I am Hernan and I was born in Naples, Florida. Okay. And um, how would you describe your childhood? You know, when when I read that question, it was kind of crazy because recently I've been talking to my cousins and just getting more, um, becoming more frequent at calling them and communicating with them and checking in on them uh, than I used to be. I guess, obviously, as we get older, we, we just want to be closer to our families. And right. that's, I guess that's kind of like what the process is happening. But in doing so, we've recently started going down like memory lane and all like the crazy stuff that we did as kids. Yeah. Um, and just forgive me if I'm, forgive me, but correct me, like 
Is it okay if I curse? Are you gonna bleep it do out? Whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I almost I almost slipped up. Uh, so yeah, so in doing so, like we we started realizing, like talking about all these memories, and we were just going down memory lane, and they're just. I think the best way to describe my childhood is like it was memorable in the yeah. sense of like there's so many moments that happen with so many different cousins or my sisters, and there's just so many things that happen, good or bad, but but they were they were so memorable that they're vivid. Like I could vividly recall any of those moments. And I think one of like the biggest ones, which is one of my favorite ones, and yeah. my cousins, if they listen to this, they'll probably die laughing because we just laugh about it now. But uh, I lived in, in Golden Gate City in, in Naples and we had, my, my parents owned that, this house that's still there. Mm-hmm. And behind it, there's another street. And then next to that street was the canal. So growing up, we we go fishing there with my cousins. You know, you just buy bread and sell freshwater fish. Mm-hmm. But one weekend, um, my cousin Norberto and my cousin Bernardino, we were all we were fishing, and I don't know for some reason, my cousin Norberto started swinging his fishing pole like just up and down really hard, really fast, and in doing so, a hook got stuck in his finger. <laughs> and so it was just like and then we went through like this whole like poetic movie setting kind of like adventure trying to find my parents because they weren't at the house and they were somewhere else and we were just like trying to get this hook out of this kid's hand but it's just there's just things like that where they're just so vivid and memorable but yeah that's right. I think the best way to describe my childhood is memorable for sure good and and positive because I, well, to me, that's what you, you're very, I know that you talked about um, your mom a lot um, when I met and that really, that touched my heart, you know, like, like, wow, you know, you want to. Yeah. I feel like if I, yeah, I feel like if I talk about my mom, I'm going to eventually start crying about it just because I, I care about her so much, but no, yeah. I, I, whenever I think about it and it's kind of the reason why I got the tattoo that I have now, um, which I think is what brought up the whole conversation. Mm, about my mom it's because I just got the tattoo I just got it done and you're like oh what does that mean and I was like she was like I think you had asked and you're like are you were you born in 73 and I was like no that's uh that's my mom's birth year and uh yeah no I just wanted to get something that was going to be memorable like whenever I look at the significance of or the meaning behind the tattoo I'm always just like you know where was I where was my mom at Mm -hmm. my age and where was she at if like if I'm never struggling or if I ever have like a really crappy day, mm-hmm. I always have to look back like where was she at at the exact age that I'm at now, and then how much more leniency and uh, privilege I have than yeah. she's had. And so I, it's always a good way to snap into reality and realize that there's so much more that could potentially be worse than where you're at right now. Well, I mean, you, I just found that so touching. It was it was so appropriate for the time, right? Because, you know, my oldest daughter's getting married. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, I don't know, it was just like a lot of love being exchanged. Um, yeah. You to talk about your mom. And I think um, I kind of identify, I'm, a, I'm an immigrant, you know, and yeah. from England and, you know, you come over to this country and there's just this sort of built-in work ethic that you adopt. Um, cause actually it's, it's an easier place to, to work <laughs> in a way, right? It's easier to get ahead. Yeah. 
the blueprint. So I was just so taken by your love for your mom. So. Yeah, I think that's like one one conversation that we didn't touch or one topic of conversation that we didn't touch. Yeah, so I'm Mexican-American. I was born in Naples, Florida, but my family and my lineage is Mexican. Uh, my mom came here at a very young age with my dad. I believe she was like 12, 13 years old when she first got here. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, yeah, so you're, you're totally right about the immigration immigrant mind, mindset of like, always being a harder worker and and just having good work ethic and and just being there for your family yeah and and you're the product i mean you're like i said you're just yeah. such a selfless kind of guy and when um close to the end of this i do want you to make sure that people subscribe to your your instagram because your work is so good it's it's you capture really the soul of the moment and the the, the emotion of the moment with your your photography i want you to know that it's, i appreciate that yeah it's just it's it's so not artificial it's just so authentic again that's my favorite word but um yeah it, it's just amazing so i want everybody to make sure we're going to give them that information in, in the bio so they can sure. reach out so let me ask you do you one thing that um i'm two for three right now with the responses when it comes to this question so what are you scared of what scares you? Oh, this is a good one. Um, so recently, because I feel like people's definitions of being scared kind of change over time and over age and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but recently, I, I, I started getting scared of like uh, how easy it is to fall back into old habits mm-hmm. after you've already kind of, you know, set in stone in your mind that you've already, you've already done that. You're not going to go and do that again. Yeah. Um, for example, I think the other, like the other week I got in a car accident. And so my body was a little bit sore Yeah. and I was just like, I, I, I don't want to go to the gym because my body's sore and my wrist was hurting, uh, from that whole situation. So I was like, I'm not going to go to the gym. So I didn't go to the gym for like two days. And then I was like, after the first day, I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like I like not going to the gym in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then the second day I was just like, Oh, this is fun. And then it got scary because it landed on a, I think it was on a Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday. I was just like, well, there's only two more days in the week. I should probably not do it. Like, it doesn't make sense and just go back at it next week. Yeah. And uh, and then it started freaking out because it it seeps in really slowly in comfort, you know, it's like comfort like that is not good for you because it kind of ends up throwing off your entire feng shui of your life that you build mm-hmm. so it throws off your schedule it throws off your you know momentum like you, you're already up and running you already have your body's already like worked out your blood's pumping it's ready to start today and when i don't do that it's like no it's sluggish it's you're lazier you don't want to yeah. get up you're like enjoying your bed yeah so it's so yeah being actively conscious of like that mm-hmm is like a new little fear but i'm sure it's gonna go away you know it's like stuff that's good but that's what keeps you kind of alive and 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 being who you are like i um i'm kind of like i'm sort of feeling this right now the last couple of days i've been talking about um you know like the power of your thoughts and Mm. like working out is definitely connected to that because Mm -hmm. you, you you know like and, and the fact that we even have to work out, right? That's because of the society that we've created. You know, like yep. we're just not active enough to sustain no. with a long life, right? So 
Yeah, people are sitting in their office. Yeah. 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 And they, and, and and life now makes it easy for you to to be sedentary, right? It's kind of like, okay, like the what's the draw to going and like really sort of working hard at the gym? You know, I can like order anything right now. I can have something in 30 minutes. It's delicious. You know, just it goes on and on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, it's an, it's it's easy. It's easy to be lazy. Yeah. Like we've built apps to make your life be as convenient as possible, which is kind of sad and embarrassing. It's, it is, right? And it just, but it makes me wonder, like, like I don't know, I'm kind of not trying to, into, not into big conspiracy theories, but <laughs> just when, when you start to kind of be, start to ask questions and look at the world differently, you start to kind of wonder, well, why are we doing this? You know, and it's, it's a weird pattern that we all follow, right? We all follow this, this process. But that's why people like uh, I'm considering, I'm actually thinking about not even using the term Oracle and using the term outlier because nearly everybody <laughs> I connect with, they are outlier. Like, I think you're an outlier. I don't know if there's many people your age that are presenting themselves that the way that you present yourself, you know? Like you, you I, to me, like your like, yeah. example is like, you know, um, you're coming into a potentially stressful situation you know, especially like the idea of an elopement and mm. you immediately are calming. The know situation. what I have to do. Yeah. yeah, but you calm the situation, right? And yeah. That's just, yeah, I think it's that's like, that's, I appreciate that because honestly, that's just a, and obviously this is advice to anybody who's going to start in the industry or it's just starting off in the industry or thinking of entering this industry. That's the, that's pretty much the art of the business. You, you master how to make sure everybody is on solid grounds. You kind of become a person whisperer where you're like, you kind of feel the energy, you read the room and you try to figure out what the issue is. And if you can fix it, you fix it. So that the rest of your day for you personally is so much smoother. If that's what I've learned, if I could fix any problems that are happening when I arrive, should there be any, Mm-hmm. It pretty much sets the tone for the rest of the day because ultimately, as as long as the couples are happy and their family and their friends are happy, it's going to make my job easier. Yeah. They're going to listen better. They're going to be more cooperative. Uh, they're going to. It's just going to be a, a lot more fun. They're going to be more free about you know everything that we do. You know what I find magical about you, and I don't know why I get a little emotional when I say this. It's almost like you honor you honor the emotions of the day. You 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 kind of almost pay homage to like perfect, perfect uh, for, for me to talk to you, for you to kind of open up about the tattoo and your mother, right? Because uh, I was kind of emotional. Like I had Jade when I was 18 and yeah, it was like, this is what I'm, I don't know. You just, you, you fit into that jigsaw puzzle that was, you know, ready for that, that kind of missing piece for the day, because it was almost like, mm. you know, this, I'm going to pay homage to you as a mother. Even when we took some of the pictures, you know, having us look at each other, this was all very, very, very good. And it honored, it honored the emotions. It, it was so, it's super touching. It's super touching. Yeah. And I, and I think- yeah. And, and that's something that people don't realize, honestly. And I, and I love that you touched on that because this is why I make it such a, such, I make such an effort into capturing specific moments and it's the moments with, you know the moms and their the, the moms and their brides and the and the and the, mom, and the daughters with their dads and mm-hmm. their moms and the sons because 
ultimately, you know, those are going to be the ones that you love the most because those are your kids that are getting married and you're having these really beautiful intimate moments with them. And sometimes they need a little help and I'll, and I'll throw a little prompt in there. And my favorite one is always just, um, I always just tell parents, like, look into your kids' eyes, like hold their hands and, you know, tell them how much you love them without telling them how much you love them. Just do it telepathically. And and they, uh, and they just started crying. And it's like, it's the, it's the best. It's, that's my personal favorite is just capturing people cry. For you to be your age, I want you to, to really understand that I'm honoring your gifts. I'm honoring your talent. You are totally an outlier, you know, an outlier of excellence. It's like, wow, this is like not even about the work, right? It's the interaction. It's the human experience that you, you get it. Right. And I'm, I'm on a high about all of that simply because, you know, I'm going through this. This is why I'm doing this because of this sort of five year journey, right. That I've been on five, Mm -hmm. six years and I'm meeting these people and you're like astounding to me. Right. Because I'm just really being more aware of these things. You know what I mean? And so you, you're at your age to like, ah, to be almost like the conductor like that. It's, it's phenomenal. And honestly, I I feel like, in order for people to get to just even get to that realization that that's where they they want to start reaching for Mm -hmm. is is pretty big so i congratulate you on you know trying to get there yeah but i want to congratulate you on being there at such a young age right i don't feel like i am i I feel like you're giving me too too much credit honestly but i think you're but this is the this i think this is what it is it's the willingness I don't even think mm. it's kind of where you're at, but it's the willingness. It's kind of like it makes your journey more succinct. It's going to make mm. your journey less painful because of the willingness. It's almost like it's a it's a the ability to kind of interact and and function with the rest of humanity at yeah. your by being yourself. Right? And you know, I love I love this this turn into this conversation because um, your willingness is is a really I've never would have thought of putting it into those words, but the, the, the mantra that I always live off of is uh, have no, you know, people have given, okay, so this is a great one. People, society has given the definition or the meaning of expectations, a bad stigma mm-hmm. in, in my perspective. And so it kind of ties into what I usually live my life by. And occasionally I, like, I'll, I'll mess up and, and I won't live by it. And ultimately, when I don't live by it is when I'm ultimately hurt again. So wow. the willingness is what you're saying. What you basically just said is um, have no expectations of anyone, anything, or anywhere. Right. Because at the end of the day, the only person that's left hurt when those expectations are not met is yourself. Yeah, so when I say that I have no expectations of people, places, or things, it ultimately just comes from, like, you know, years of, you know, personal damage that, that you do to yourself, really, and it's it, it's my mantra. It's literally what I live my, my life by. I tell, I tell pretty much everyone that I ever meet um, that that's, like, that's literally what I ask of them. I say, I have no expectations of you and that's all I ask in return because at the end of the day, the only person that's left hurting when those expectations are no longer met or are not even met to begin with, the only person that's left hurting is yourself because 
you decided that it was your um that it was your call to put those expectations on people and we have as society built this really bad um we we build a really bad stigma around expectations and and giving people expectations because it's i don't know we build like this as a society this this thing of like oh you know you put expectations on people because they need to meet them and blah 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 and this and that and like no you cannot do that and i'm sorry if you hear all this growling it's my dog he's being a brat but you can't do that to people you can't you can't put expectations on them because they're not asking that of you you know does that make sense oh totally well it's all in your head you know yeah it's all in your head you built this and that's the thing like i tell people you know and the other thing that goes with that is you know that's that's the bad byproduct you know expectations is a bad byproduct of an incredible friendship because yeah. that's ultimately what happens when you have a good friendship with somebody or relationship with somebody you you build these expectations of that other person because they've been there with for you through some maybe like traumatic stuff or you know they've been there for you period and mm -hmm. so you ultimately start to build these unfortunate expectations of people when they never ask for it for them yeah. and again it falls under you being the only person that gets hurt and that's kind of like what i've learned as i you know started getting older is like uh there's this book that i love it's my favorite book i gifted to people who i know need it during the holidays and it's called the happiness trap and if oh. you've never read read the happiness trap i highly recommend it i don't get paid i'm not a sponsored um person for this book and i swear my friends will tell you up and down like this guy never shuts up about this book but wow. honest to god like that book saved my life um years ago i was going through some really really awful stuff and it was so crazy because at that time um i started hanging out with like i i have friends and so you know ultimately we kind of built this at that time it felt like you know you know when they say misery loves company there's yeah. never a truer thing said and it's so cliche but it's true because i remember sitting around with some friends and just like we would bask in each other's like agony and our, in each other's pain and and it's like ultimately that wasn't doing anything for any of us we just kept sitting in that pool of our own tears and yeah. nothing was ever resolved and i remember just like uh i was i remember just it being a really late night and it was at the beginning of my career and i remember like just grabbing my computer and being like i don't want to be in my in my condo right now like i just i, I just want to be out of here so i remember grabbing my laptop and going to go work at a coffee shop that i knew was open pretty late because they were in a, a plaza that opens that stays pretty open pretty late and so i just went straight to that coffee shop and i worked from that coffee shop all the time i edit my photos from there and so i remember just staring at this computer and not being able to work on anything like just all of like life's weight just kind of fell on me that day and i was just so tired yeah. and i just was like you know you know people crying in the most like absurd yeah. locations when it just hits you you're just you just start to cry and i remember being at this coffee shop and sitting at the end of this really long table and mm -hmm. there's this girl that worked at the coffee shop and if i could remember her name like i will i would say it but I can't thank her enough because I remember she was reading this book and I happened to just like glimpse at her and I saw the cover and it caught my eye and I was just like, what are you reading? Like, that looks interesting. And she goes, oh, it's a great book. Like, it's this amazing book. And she opened the book and there's a passage and I wish I remember what the passage was. Um, 
because they hooked me. And I was just like, can I borrow this book? Can I read it? She was like, yeah, like I'm going to, I, I, I'm going to wrap up with my break right now and you can read it while I'm waiting. So love the book, ended up running to the bookstore, the closest bookstore that closed like 30 minutes uh, in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it, the closest bookstore was 30 minutes for me that had that book. So I remember grabbing it. But if you guys get a chance, I don't want to ruin for you. Definitely pick up a copy, especially it. if you're going through like stress or if you're going through like, you know, depression, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. It just gives you such great scientific formulated um, exercises, mental exercises for you to just kind of dig deeper into yourself. But you have to be honest with the book and you have to read it wholeheartedly again, with no expectations, um, because it will help you if you allow it to help you. And I, that kind of goes with like what I tell people too, is, you know, the universe wants to love you. You yeah. just need to step out of its way and allow it to, because the only person that's, a, that's you know, not allowing it to love you is yourself because you put all these obstacles in your way. Um, this is what I'm yeah, going through like, now. So I, that I really kind of, this is, this is the universe at work, actually, because I'm, 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 I, can't, I got back from LA this morning and I'm so tired because me and my friend, she's so spiritual and she kind of went through a whole year of really doing the work, mm. like really changing her thought process. And my best friend, she's 52. So yeah, like- no, and it's so true. I, I feel like that for me, so the book isn't, uh, it's not necessarily a typical self-help book. And I tell people all the time, don't treat it as a book. And I hate self-help books. Like people know how much I can't stand them because all they really are are just band-aids. They, they fix the problem for right now. They don't fix it for long-term longevity. Yeah. They just, and it's, and it sucks because people fall trapped to these things. And that's the best part of this, about this book. It's called the happiness trap and you, you fall into this thing. And I always tell people, you know, uh, after reading this book, I kind of came up with some, some, my own like mantras out of it, mm-hmm. which is, you shouldn't, you know, people chase happiness and they always tell you, you know, the, the harder you chase it, the, the harder you fall. Wow. And so people need to realize and visualize happiness, not mm. just as a feeling or um, an energy, but also but look at it in a physical format, right? So mm-hmm. if you look at when you, when I tell you this, or when I ask you this, what is your like physical response, you know, like a firecracker, right? Mm-hmm. What does a firecracker do? Oh, it explodes, right? I guess, yeah. Yeah, it explodes, right? So yeah. it emits this burst of energy. Mm. But you know, you know in your heart and in your mind that that firecracker is going to be a split second of energy, mm-hmm. but you know it's also going to go away. And that's what people mm-hmm. don't notice about happiness is like they think that it's this long-term um you know, state of mind, when yeah. the reality is, is that people shouldn't be chasing happiness, they shouldn't be trying to achieve happiness, what they should be trying to achieve is contentment. And mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, like, that's what you should be looking for. And contentment doesn't mean that you're not angry, or that you're not sad. It just means that you've accepted this, the situation that you're in, and you're doing your part to better yourself and to better your life. And in yeah. doing so, you're going to be content with the choices that you make in life, and you're going to be content with where you're at in life. Not because you, you feel like you deserve more, but because you know where you're at and you're working to get to where you wanna be. That's amazing. You know, I, I literally, I was up, like I said, all night just talking to my friend about this stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, this morning, cause I was so tired, you know, it just kind of all hit me. And 
um, this, this this other friend of mine, actually Stephen, who's on the the uh, one of the podcasts that we just posted, he actually told me he says you have to tell you have to what does happiness mean to you? If you can't answer that question, that's that's where it begins. What, what does happiness look like to you? You know, because you can't model it on somebody else's idea of happiness, right? And yeah, so you build like these ideas for yourself. It is, but again, I. I haven't heard that podcast yet, so I'm going to ask you for the link after this, but I just want to fix what he says. It's not what does happiness look like for you, but what does contentment look like for you? Because at the end of the day, happiness is short-term, and that's what people need to understand. Like I said about the firecracker, you know for certain that it's it's here, and it's a split second, and it's going to go away. So -hmm. you need to look at happiness in the same format. Look at it as a burst of energy. Welcome it as it comes but also welcome it as it goes, knowing that it's going to come back eventually. You don't know when, but that's okay. That's the part, that's the process of the journey. I mean, I just want to tell you, like, do you realize your life, I mean, because you're so young, like, I just, I don't know. That's why I'm kind of in awe of you because this, your life is, the sky's the limit, you know, and not that I'm trying to be dark or whatever about it, but I'm just saying when, I'm just working on this now, you know, like this, this last few years and it's been, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just really kind of um, exciting to hear somebody like you, like really live this. It, it, it's real, you know, it, it's really, um, it's doable, you know. Um, yeah, it's definitely doable, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to take all the credit because honest to God, like, it, it's not always like that. After it took me, I think it took me about six months to read the book fully because it, it's, the book is great. It's not a book that you pick up and read in one sitting. It actually tells you, Hey man, you need to stop here, practice what we're teaching in this book, come back in a few weeks and, and reevaluate how your life has changed since then. And then you continue with the book. And so that's my favorite part about the book. It's not a sit down, read it all in its entirety at one in one night and grasp all this knowledge definitely take what it's telling you and practice it in real life. Take a, take a step away from the book, let it sit on your shelf, evaluate what you're doing and start practicing what it teaches you. And you will see change in your life. You will see how you are causing these own issues within yourself mm-hmm. and how you could, and how you could basically just dismantle it from within because again, our, uh, I don't know if I said this, but the book literally says, and it's one of my favorite things is your mind is the greatest uh, storyteller. It's going to tell you exactly what you want to hear, even if it's not what you want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say, what, what's your mission? What would you say your life's mission is now? What would you, what are your, you know, it's so funny because I've always had this like mission, in my heart, which is like the same thing that I always love to live my life by, which is just connecting people with other people and creating a strong community around it. And an example of that is years ago when I first started uh, visiting Chicago, I remember one of my last, I I think I knew it was gonna be my last trip for a while. Um, I remember I just wanted to grab all my friends. Like I, it's so crazy because I feel like I live three different lives. I, I feel like I have uh, a whole life in Naples, a whole life in Tampa, and a whole different life in Chicago. And all my friends from each individual city don't know each other. Like my friends in Naples know each other. 
my friends from Tampa know each other. My friends from Chicago, they all know each other. But, you know, I never, I've always wanted to have these people, you know, eventually connect with each other. I remember the last night that I was in Chicago, I remember I wanted to get everybody together for a dinner mm-hmm. at this, you know, restaurant and, you know, just say, you know, our goodbyes for now until, until next time. And my friend Kate, she had came that night and I remember she, we, were, we were hanging out earlier because I had met up with one of my clients, Danae and Leo. I love them. They're awesome. I photographed their family and their wedding and all this awesome, like, you know, uh, moments in their lives. But I remember hanging out with Danae and Leo with, uh, with Katie or Kate earlier that day. And then we were on our way to dinner to meet up with everyone. And we had sent like location to everybody. And she was like, I can't stay. And I remember it being cold. It was probably December time that, that, that year. And it was really cold and it was snowing during that trip. And so I remember her being like, I can't stay, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go to, I'm going to have to go because I have to go to work the next morning. And I said, that's fine. Like, let me walk you. Um, let me walk you to your car. Cause it was a little bit far and it was already dark. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to walk in by herself. And so I remember dropping her at her car and she, she left and on my way back, the restaurant had this really big window mm-hmm. and I catch myself, I catch everybody at the window and nobody was there when I got there. Mm-hmm. But when I crossed that window, I had to stop because everybody was sitting at the same table, but none of those people knew each other at all. I had known these people individually within the city, but never once have I ever connected with all of them at once or did the other know, or did one be know the other. And so at that moment, I was just like, I literally did what I've always wanted to do, which is you know, bring people together. And the only reason they knew each other was because I photographed them all. I, they've all seen my stories with each, with the, one another in, in them. So they already all knew who each other were based yeah. off the photos that I've taken of them. And so it's just like a really cool moment. And it's probably one of my favorite moments in my entire life. And I will always hold that dear because it's like, oh, like, that's so cool. Cause I walked in and they're like, yeah, I, I know her because I saw her on this photo on your Instagram. And I know him because I saw him on your stories and all it just everybody connected so easily and it was just such a great moment but yeah i think my mission now and and always will always be just to connect people and have you know genuine conversations with people i don't i'm not a person who just likes to talk to create small chat i genuinely strive to you know make a a human connection with people because we don't see that often anymore well you do it so well and, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I mean, you've helped me no end just from the, the that first time we met. And, you know, I think that there's going to be more meetings, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I remember you were like, let's go to Thanksgiving. I was like, I'm all for it. Yeah. You know, but I, I really oh, do yeah. appreciate you taking the time, you know, this has been, um, been excellent. I wanted to ask you the last thing I've been asking everybody is about COVID. How has COVID affected you? Was, um, oh my God. How has it affected you personally, professionally? There's just so many tentacles to that, to that question. It's not even funny. Uh, for those of, for those of you who don't know, like I'm a destination wedding photographer. So as you can imagine, gatherings were completely shut down in March. So at the beginning of March, I lost pretty much all of my 2020. And I felt awful because there was clients who were forced to elope. And, you know, as you can imagine, the panic that went through the community because we were suffering of literally no work 
that was one of the biggest um, blows to my career is trying to like financially recover from that. And thankfully, you know, this year, just last October, the season reopened for Florida. We're like the wild west of the United States, really, and uh, at least during COVID. And when Florida reopened in October, everybody kind of was like, Florida's open. Um, yeah, they're like, Florida's open. We, we should all just, you know, rush to the altar in Florida. So literally everybody from all the other states flew down to just start getting married. And I'm sure that a lot of other vendors can vouch for this, but it wasn't just like, oh, we're going to snatch up every single weekend that's available. It's we're yeah. going to snatch up every single weekend and weekday possible. So elopements were, were really big during the pandemic. Um, and now they've kind of become normalized and more like forefront in the wedding industry, which is amazing because I always tell people, you know, the best way to get married is to, is to do an elopement because Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you want to do something so intimate with those that you are closest to? Um, Because that's the way I would do it. I tell people all the time, people ask me, you know, clients ask me all the time, like, how would you get married? And I was like, I would do an elopement in a heartbeat. I wouldn't, you know, spend thousands of dollars on people that I haven't spoken to in years. Mm -hmm. It's not worth it. It's not. And your daughter, for example, she did it the most perfect way possible. Like, I could just do it with just myself and my significant other and, you know, videographer and a photographer, then in a heartbeat, I would do it, you know, Mm -hmm. but uh, the most would do full weddings. And that's okay. I don't judge people who want to do full weddings. If you have the, the budget for it, definitely go ham like that's that's your money that's your call hire me I, mm-hmm. I'd love to document it because I love celebrating with people and that's the other thing I'm a people person so yeah. it's it's not hard for me to have a genuine conversation with anyone as far as how it affected me that's how it affected me professionally but how it affected me personally I actually got COVID twice I got it mm-hmm. um I got it because of a girl who's another photography vendor which I'm not gonna you know put her ass on blast even though she deserves it uh, she went on a cruise and decided to come hang out with a group of friends of us, knowing yeah. that she was sick. She decided to come mm-hmm. to this coffee shop where we we're all at. And I got COVID because of her. And I guarantee you, I know it's for a fact it was because of her, because that's when people were shutting down. I think her cruise line was the last one to, to hit port before all of the cruise lines were left on the ocean. And um, yeah, she was like, quote unquote quarantine for two weeks but she didn't really she came to the coffee shop sick and she got me sick and I know she got a couple other people sick and then after that um but that was at the very beginning so you know nobody really knew anything this was probably like yeah this was crazy because I remember nobody really knowing anything about it and then you know I got sick and there were symptoms that I've never experienced from getting sick before that were kind of weird, but nobody really knew what symptoms were COVID related at the time. And then it wasn't until a few months down, I think during the summer when, or not even, it was like right before the summer when they started updating the symptoms and it was lack of taste and lack of smell. And that is when I knew that I had COVID because I had lack of taste and lack of smell. And I didn't recover from my taste buds for like a month. Um, And then again, I got it in October. when weddings reopened and Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I got it. I'm pretty sure I got it at an event for a wedding and you know, the the vaccine wasn't available for the public at the time, but Mm -hmm. I think it became public the following year, which was earlier this year, really early. Mm -hmm. And I was, I, I saw like this 
little street, this little street pop up and they were like COVID shots here or yeah, COVID vaccine shots. And I was like, sign me up. Um, a friend of mine who owns this awesome plant shop here in Tampa, I went into their business and they were like, they're doing COVID shots next door. If you want to do it. And I was like, well, I was like, sign me up. I'm going to go there. Um, and yeah, then, yeah but great. I got the, I got the J and J. Oh, but do you, do you feel though that there's a kind of an emotional toll, you know, just the, um, the yeah, I, for sure. I think COVID has really like opened the, the, has opened the curtains on a lot of, you know, problems that people weren't facing in in their daily lives because we got so used to the rat race you know what I mean like people just got used to living their life and being like oh this is normal like this it's normal to be depressed it's normal to be upset it's normal to hate your job it's no it's not normal it isn't and I think that's what people need to understand it's not normal for you to hate your job it's not normal for you to be okay hating something that you don't want to be doing or doing something that you don't want to be doing it's not um and I think that's, that's kind of like the big thing mentally, like, can you, like, I was so mentally scarred from everything. And like, I have a friend who's suffering from long COVID. I have, you know, mm. during, during the pandemic, I couldn't work. So I felt useless. And, yeah. you know, there's just so many things that go through your mind. Like, I'm thankful that at the time I had uh, a friend who had a business that I was able to jump on and, you know, yeah. keep myself afloat from it. Uh, just helping him, you know, blow up his business because while my business was suffering, there was an industry that was skyrocketing, which was the that marine was industry, was one of them, the boating companies. Oh. Um, you know, nobody had anything else to do here in Florida but to to drive your boat and to enjoy your boat. So, you know, people were out of work and, you know, if you were wealthy enough and which a lot of wealthy people live in Florida, you know, you, you have a boat. And so you just want to get it fixed and, you know, you want to ride it because there's nothing else you could do. Yeah, And so I helped him kind of just scale his business into a physical location from it just being a mobile shop. Yeah. Within, within a matter of like two months, he went from being just an independent person by himself in a mobile car to, you know, employing five people within the first, within the first three months of opening up the physical location. And then it just skyrocketed. Amazing. You know, I just want to tell you, like, Again, I really am thankful that you did this. You know, I'm really uh, thankful I met you. Of course. Um, and oh. again, this is just the beginning. We're definitely going to have you back. I want. I would love to do another. We're going to do like a, um, almost like a round table. I'm going to do an in-person event at some point. Oh, nice. Okay. Oracles, and you're one of them. So um, I really have loved talking to you, Hanan. This has been just priceless. Um, and I want to awesome. definitely put your information in, in the bio. So that people okay. see the work. And, um, you know, I'm, again, just really thankful for this. So appreciate your time. Yeah, no, thank you so much for your time. And I want to just end it with, um, with anybody who's going through anything, that your feelings are valid and that no one could tell you otherwise because they're not living your life. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Of course. Thank you, Cora. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you.